Welcome to New Hope Underground. Today's episode is entitled, Art, Official Intelligence, and Tiny Houses. And now here are your hosts, Darren Hansen and Drew Hansen with special guest Reed Hansen. So, you guys think there's like a dividing line in Effingham? Like, between towns? Like, there's definitely a north, there's like a north say, town. I'd say there's two states of beings, two modes of mindsets. Yeah. You got Effingham, and then you got Southside. 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 Yeah. I, I live on Southside. Yeah. So is Southside like, should we call it something? Is, is there like a name for Southside, or just... Um, I, always sort of, I always sort of called Southtown. I don't know if that's right. Southtown, right. Southside, South South End of Town. Southtown sounds cool. Southtown, like yeah. You know, what's hilarious is this town is what, what, 15,000, maybe? If that. Like, yeah, the maybe. sign says 13. And we have yeah, a Southtown. Like 12, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's you know Fayette, you know the street the Fayette road, that yeah. goes by downtown. There's some yeah. businesses there. Yeah, on the other side of Fayette, that's the dividing line. Yep. So anything north of Fayette's North Town, you know, Banker Banker that goes the overpass. That's another good divider. If you pass the overpass, yeah. you're definitely in Southside. So if I pass the overpass, it's like there should be some sort of booth set up there to check your. ID or something as you cross. Oh the no! Anything goes Southside. South yeah, <laughs> Southside's the. Fun Anyone's side. welcome. So I think in 15 years, Southside's going to be the place to be in Effingham. Just I'm calling it now. Seriously. You got the mall going to be spruced up. I think Home and Grill's going in over there. Got a bunch of buildings that are for sale, so some businesses will go in there. I heard of a potential bakery going in over there. Really? You give it time. Southside's boosting. I bought. Boosting I game. bought my first home on Southside. Because most everything you want is in the North Town. Yeah, but that's only for now. Then you got yeah. traffic over there, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Nothing, there's no. There's no really pretty homes. I know. There. I go to the They're gym in the South Town, and uh, the car wash is over there. Yeah, it's cool. Free car wash over there. Free car, oh, free car dog wash? wash too. Dog wash. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. It's a very nice facility. I'm too. just calling it now that South Side of Town is the place to be. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. And in case you're wondering, we're from Effingham, Illinois. Hey man, and that's Southside. what we're talking about. We're Southside, urban life, city life. Yep, and that's a real name for a town. E F F I N G H A M. Yes, Effingham. it is. Named after Stephen Effingham. Really? Who was really? some guy back in the day. I thought that was the guy from Civil Happy War Days. Times. You know Ben Folds? There's actually an Effingham, Georgia, named after him as well. You know Ben Folds, the singer-songwriter? Yes. He wrote that song. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. But he missed, He forgot what it was called, and he called it Effington. Effington. Oh, did he really? Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw. I saw. Obviously, that. it wasn't very an, an appropriate song, but I saw Ben Folds play that song live in St. Louis. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was. It was exciting. I got to. Uh, yeah, cheer that's a my hometown. My town. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, to stand up. And, did you do a special one called Southtown? No, but I'm sure it's that's coming. coming. It's yeah. com- like I said, ten years. <laughs> Give it ten years. Give it time. Effingham will be renamed Southtown, and then Effingham will be a suburb of Southtown. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm Darren Hansen, your host. I'm Drew Hansen, co-host. Yeah. And we have a special guest. Um, Reed Hansen, the Dr. other guy. Reed. Dr. Reed Hansen. Dr. Reed. It's just all sorts of Hansons on uh, New Hope Underground. Whole mess what, of them. That's how you know it's going to be a good episode. You're not kidding. Mm-hmm. You are not kidding. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got some incredible uh, stuff to talk about today. We've got a we've got a culture comic coming up with Drew and a Dr. Reed episode coming up, coming up with Reed, so... 
and uh, some Jesus talk at the end. So, good another good episode. We're just hitting them out of the park. One so right after, we, one we right get after the other. We get the the segments that aren't, you know. Let's just say they're not as impactful as yours. <laughs> <laughs> they're always impactful, probably more in so. Some, in some way or another. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're a faithful listener, uh, one thing you might be interested in knowing is that coming, hopefully, this fall, if things start to uh, kind of come back a little bit, if you will, when it comes to our church attendance, the earth, et cetera, et cetera. The world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to be doing some new things here in Underground and hopefully going to be doing some interviews. Uh, with people just in the church, and that should be that should be fun, and uh, we'll have a so just stay tuned. There's going to be some new stuff coming up this fall because we will be introducing a new season. Uh, season two is winding down. Is we say we're going on a season three. This is like episode forty-seven or something like that of season two. Mm-hmm. So it's a long season two, shorter season one, we're but getting, season three getting is getting ready to start. We're getting long, like it's rivaling How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, we're, we're we're working our way up that Seinfeld that how food far, chain. How far away are you from the hundredth episode? Oh, that's a good question. Because that, that you need Did to plan something it? special. We're pretty darn close. Did we miss it? We're gonna we'll hit the hundredth sometime in season three. Oh, okay, yeah. so we'll have to have a big celebration. Yeah, that's, that's some sort. That's important. It's a landmark. You're not kidding. Especially when here's the thing. Anyone can really have a hundredth episode if you think about it. Cause it doesn't matter if anybody listens. You just keep recording them. That's exactly so, and that's exactly. what we have done. We've put our head down and kept our nose to the grindstone, and we kept working on this podcast, regardless if people listen or not. You know what? That's <laughs> that is an attitude you might find in South Side of Town. That's, that's, I that's must a, be from the South Side, even though I I, think I live in Chucktown. That, oh yeah, Charleston, Charleston, Illinois. No, they don't count. I live there, and uh, that's where. That's the really north side of Effingham. People who, <laughs> that's people a really who, north side. Yeah, it's a real north side. But yeah, I, I call it Chucktown affectionately. Yeah. But anyway, it's a good name. I like Chucktown. It's got a nice ring to it. Charleston's cool, but Chucktown. Well, the, Chucktown is the home of East Illinois University, mm-hmm. which is the home of Tony Romo Ooh. and oh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the coach, and the Ooh. coach Mike Shanahan and, and Sean Shanahan. Payton, mm-hmm. and, and there's my grandma and your grandma, mm-hmm. also Ooh. a punter. Also uh, for the Raiders for a while named Jeff Gossett. And at one point, the ugliest Abraham Lincoln statue in America. That's true. It's still there. Still there. Okay, still is. Yeah, just if, can't, yeah. Congratulations. Listeners, if you can go buy this statue, it's great. I can't remember where it's at, but... Actually, check Charleston. it out on roadsideamerica.com. Yeah. Oh, It's really? actually on there. Okay. Yeah. Check out Charleston. Isn't Illinois. it just Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln look like he's flipping off? Oh, they well, fixed it. they fixed, fixed it a little bit. Okay, it's, good. But he, yeah, he used to have one finger in the air because somebody knocked off the rest of the fingers on his Abraham hand. Abraham Lincoln flipping the bird. It wasn't good, man. It <laughs> right was out not the good. State. It was not good. No, he's back, kind of tucked tucked away on the north side of sixteen. There's a statue on the east side we need to take down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not not a good thing. But anyway, welcome to New Hope Underground, and. I've got a story. Uh, we, we talk about the news here all, every single week, and I mean real news, not the fake news, and not the news that uh, just everyone likes to talk talk about and argue about. No, this is news without an agenda. It's the weird news that This goes is the, on. the good news, the totally irrelevant news. Irrelevant news. It's just fun news, and uh, we also know that people don't use it for their own agendas. 
uh, because and there's no reason to. So that's why we know it's pure news. Oh, you could, and it could, but that would be probably hilarious if anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Hey, this this story actually comes out of Czechoslovakia. So we're, we're traveling the world with several stories we've had over oh, the past What's few going on with months. the Czechs? Well, it's interesting that there is a uh, robot manufacturer right now working in tandem with uh, uh, some, other, some other creators uh, to create the first robots uh, to ever write their own stage play. That's fascinating. Mm, what? Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> When I read this, the article was about this, for some reason, people want these robots to write their own stage play. And now, I understand... Mm, what? <laughs> I understand, like, you know, the future and robots doing stuff, but that's just not something that occurred to me. Yeah. Like, Like, we need to find... Robots to replace people who write stage plays. Yeah, it's like it's kind of the thing that makes humans special. I thought, like the the ability to create and will something into yeah. existence and and be well, artistic and I, creative. I can assume the thespian community is outraged. <laughs> Their jobs are being Their replaced. Jobs I feel are like they're the always outraged. Yeah. Just the writers, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're not acting. Oh, they're not acting. So just the writing. They're writing the play wow. for humans to act out. Well, that you could argue, if anything was able to be done by a robot within the entertainment industry, it would be acting. Yeah, I guess you could. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. They're just getting it all wrong. They're man. just. But but here's the thing that gets me is that how do you teach a robot to have poetic license? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. This is so. I mean, you have to have you would think that even if a robot actually does write a stage play, it actually is someone who has given the words to a robot to write a. You know, what I mean, like, do they just kind of randomly generate words to? I hope so. That that could make a it's very some interesting sort of play. weird Mad Lib play. Yeah, they just Mad. mathematically equated this word and that word, and you know, mixed them together. Or maybe it's kinda just like, like those so gener- cliche. Kind of like those generators. Like if you're going to name your band, you yeah, get like a band generator and you. Just, <laughs> You put in your name and it gives you like your your rapper name or gives something. you an adjective yeah, and like yeah. a th- throws and mixes adjectives like and the bodacious muffins or something like right that. Yeah, yeah. yeah right the inc- incredible hopping purple lizard muffins yeah. you know what? yeah you just never know what you're gonna get <laughs> that's too many adjectives <laughs> yeah it's way too many that's a generator I use though it has a lot of you put in like six adjectives <laughs> real descriptive yeah. Even yeah, with even with very particular even with robots writing this play, I, I still don't know if that would get me out to see a play. Really? Not anymore. Yeah. 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 Why? Uh, I mean, I just because it's I not the don't early nineteen hundreds. Exactly. <laughs> well, now, now, so, so your so your guys is <laughs> first. Can we Bay get him to write a movie? Yeah, Michael Bay movie. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Yeah, blow those robots up. I uh, see you guys. Yeah, yeah Transformers, you, a new Transformers movie written by a robot. Now that's I feel that, like that I can get into potentially the original. So basically, it's robots writing and robots performing. Yes, so and, robots and explosions and explosions. Mm-hmm. See, that's just it. There's not really robots; they're CGI. So does yeah. that really count as a robot? The computer that, like Transformers. Yeah, I mean the computer that it was engineered on. I mean that's a robot. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a little. It's just more boring. Yeah. When, usually when you hear about robots, though, <laughs> it's, okay, vacuum your carpet, mm-hmm. put a car together. Jetsons. 
that kind of yeah. You don't think about see, writing I think stage Will plays. Smith's movie. Did you ever see iRobot? Yes. With Will Smith, the remake, I guess. A long time ago. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I think of. Is he still around? Will Smith? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Hey, well, he's I'm, not that old. I, I don't know. I was just curious. Yeah, he's so oh, he's still. Yeah, he's, he's kicking. Okay. <laughs> he's kicking. <laughs> Is he still doing Fresh Prince? Is that still on? Yeah, I hope so. That's his, <laughs> that's his best thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what I was going to say was, is, is you guys had the same first impression I did when you read this headline, this article, these yeah. people mm-hmm. in Czechoslovakia trying to put robots to write a stage play. However, it made actual sense when I started reading the whole article. Because apparently the term robot was actually coined by a playwright. Huh. Back in the day. Really? And so that is why they're writing the play. It's kind of an honor of this guy. Oh. And also the robots turning turning the uh, the table around, writing the play for humans, as opposed to a human writing the play for robots wonder, because that's where it was first coined. I wonder what kind of word the robot will come up for humans. Come up with. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. Is a robot going to come up with a unique word for humans? Yeah. Ah. And what should it be? Botros. There we go. No, I don't know. It's just spitballing. Southtowners. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. What, what would a robot call us? I have no idea. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fleshy, warm fleshy guys. <laughs> All those fleshy guys. We've had some interesting robot stories in the past. Like yeah. those robot dogs mm-hmm. in uh, Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, uh, interesting story. Uh, when you, when you, when you really look at it, it's like, then I thought, well, that kind of makes sense now as to why they would do that. But I just thought, man, all the man hours that are going to go into, but th- think if you can create a robot that has, True poetic license. Hmm. Uh, how how much like is this robot like an actual like robot they're making for this specific task or is this just like a like a, some sort of like a computer program man like yeah. because I feel like if I went online I could probably find an auto play like script generator somewhere. No 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 no. I feel like robotics is different than a computerization. You know what I mean? I, I think it's mean. supposed to be a robot that actually writes. Like it's like down. a man it's like a man inspired Got it. robot Got it. that Got sits it. down and with the mechanics that mimics a human can write a play a play. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I that's interesting. So. I think I think that's exactly yeah, what they were talking it about. Cannot it actually be writes. Unless it's being told what to write. There's no way. I know that's what I'm saying. How would it figure that out? How to, There's no way. How do you take art? You put it into the soul, even though there isn't one, of a robot. Yeah, art is something that comes from the soul, right? It's got. It's. I think the one thing that separates mankind from anything else, any artificial intelligence, self-awareness. Yeah, and self-awareness is necessary for art. Man, not now you got me. Well, here's what we know: either the play is going to be pretty good because they cheated and what didn't really come from a robot, or it's going to be really, really bad. Either way, maybe it's we should watch or find out. I'm interested. I don't know. Maybe it might be good. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. How they, <laughs> sorry, I'm like thinking over here. No, that's fine. Like, there's no way. We, we've we've come to these this crossroads, if you will, of our civilization when it comes to artificial intelligence. 
Either how way, far, how far is it going to go? Just wait. It will be revealed that Hamilton was written by a robot. The same <laughs> robot. The very same. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Not, yeah. not a big fan that's of my, Hamilton. That's my conspiracy. I'm not a big fan of Hamilton. Unpopular opinion. Mm. But yeah. We'll find well, out that some of the biggest directors of our time have been robots. That, Spiel, I mean, if Spielberg. You, if Spielberg does it. sound like a robotic name. Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan has to be a robot. Not, yeah, exactly. The, the inconsistencies um, seem like something that a robot would kind of turn out. <laughs> <laughs> you, find, you find out all these great writers and, and producers and everything are just really one person behind a machine. It's like Wizard of Oz. Dude. Yeah, who's man behind the curtain? Man behind yeah. the curtain. We need. I think we just cracked this conspiracy wide open. I mean, Tarantino's <laughs> films are brilliant. There's no way a, a regular person made those. It's got to be a robot. It's got to yeah. be a robot. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to wonder how much really is we can actually attribute now to artificial intelligence mm. that we just never thought of before. Mm. But yeah, no, it's really interesting. So anyway, they're over there in Czechoslovakia doing that stuff. The Czechs, man. I know. They're, they're after it. So hey, we've got a great show for you uh, today. And uh, we'll be heading into a little bit of, I always want to say Culture Club, which is a band from the 80s. A good band, enjoyable it's a band. good band. Yeah. Yeah. I like Karma it. Chameleon. But uh, no, Culture Comment and then a Dr. Reed. So hang tight. I'm just saying you should be proud that your two sons, both born in the 90s, know who Culture Club are. And now, Culture Comment with Drew Hansen. Hello, and welcome to Culture Comment, where we talk about culture, and I comment on it. That's right, and Reed and I are here along for the ride. Welcome, guys. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, to your no, comment of culture. There's no one else I'd rather <laughs> dissect culture with than you two. Right Always here. down for well, thanks. dissection. We're honored. Yeah, we love to dissect. So I remember getting in trouble for dissection in biology class. Yeah. You well, my lab partner was my friend John, who was crazy. Oh, you're the troublemaker friend. Yeah, but he was he's funny. I mean, yeah. he wasn't always trouble, trouble, but he was trouble funny. Right that makes sense. Trouble. Class clown a little bit. Yeah, and he would, he would, we had these, they give us several animals you're supposed to dissect or whatever they're in formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. Every lab, you know, set of lab partners gets their own little bucket of them or whatever. And when it came frog day, <laughs> Let's just say that our frog disappeared uh -oh. and showed up various parts of it in girls' lockers. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> With like Gross. a head looking at you as soon as you over. Let's just say that wasn't me. That was John. But uh, let's just say. You think kids like, you think kids play those kind of pranks anymore? I don't know if they. No. I'm sure they do. They just they know they know what to get no. away with, what they can and what they can't. You know, it was it was hard when I was going to high school. I felt like I never got to really express that part of myself. You just get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all locked. Everything's very serious. Yeah. Well, see, they, they used to. We get in trouble. They just get a SWAT and you're done with it. See, I yeah. don't. I almost wish sometimes we just <laughs> did the SWAT see, instead of getting I'm, detention. I'm afraid to say it on on radio. Yeah, someone should just beat us instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to do that. They just like make you bend over in the hallway and hit you with the with the paddle or with something. the paddle kind of thing. Yeah, that seems a lot easier. You can't even do that. Yeah, it, no. I, and it was. I never did think it was a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's kind of funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, culture comment. I got one oh, for yes. you. Yeah, yeah, yes. I got a good one for you. So me and Brooke have been going through... Um, my, Brooke's my wife. So we've been going through our house, realizing, you know, we really need to, like, renovate our kitchen and okay. our, in our bathroom. It's like... I replaced a sink, and now I feel like I need to, like, <laughs> replace everything. Oh, it's like a domino effect. Yeah, once you oh, get the yeah. new sink, and, you know, yeah. got to start looking at Well, it's, I'm not exactly a handy guy, so I did this without much of a problem, and I'm like, yeah. Feeling <laughs> it. I'm going to buy a tool belt. That's that homeownership <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, Tim the Tool Man Taylor? <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Yeah, thanks. That is good. A practice. So I like research tables and desks and stuff we want to do and different backsplashes we want to do and cabinet doors and different floors. And like ever since I did that like one, maybe two days. And ever since then, every day I've been bombarded by like ads and stuff on like any sort of social media, any sort of Internet thing. Like it's has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah! Like, oh look, yeah! Look up one thing or say something, and then it's just like bombarding of ads. Like oh yeah, yeah. It's Every, all your devices are listening to that for yeah. that ad stuff. Yeah. One time, Brooke like Brooke uh, said, "Hey, we're gonna do an experiment," and then she just said the name of like a product like three or four times with no context. Just said the name of a product, and then I'd say within twelve hours, it was like a main ad on our feed it was oh, yeah. crazy oh, yeah. well last know. night I was looking at this Ancestry DNA app that I have mm-hmm. and I was talking about it and then Brady pulled up his phone and the first ad he saw was Ancestry DNA mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah I believe that that's there some people I think think that everything's listening to us so we need to stay away from those things because they're using it for I'm like well, I don't really have anything to hide no it's, mm-hmm. it's you want to throw an ad at me I still have yeah like yeah, I'm just I'm kind of glad because I was looking at stuff and now I'm just like find myself browsing like different desks and like oh that's a cool one oh I'd rather <laughs> have that one. So you're kind of in this renovation mode. Well, yeah, it's well, it's too expensive. That's that's the issue. It's just too mm-hmm. expensive. But um, yeah, it just got me thinking. Um, have you ever heard about um, the Diderot effect? The what effect? Diderot. Uh. Uh-uh. It's so he's a French philosopher, right? I've heard of the last name. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his first name. Fred. No. Oh, not Fred Diderot. <laughs> I believe it is Pierre. No, mm. Joseph. Joseph Diderot. So he's a French philosopher Doesn't back sound in very French. Well, like eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. And well, there's a French university. One of their French, like Paris universities, is Diderot University. It's a popular. Louis. University. Hmm. Is his name Louis, Louis Diderot? Maybe actually. I don't know. That's a good guess. Jacques? Oh, I was going to keep all guessing. All these sound good. I don't know. <laughs> it just goes down. Anyways, there's something called the Diderot effect where, where like it's like obtaining a new possession creates a spiral of consumption, which leads you to acquire more new things. So the story was like this French philosopher was struggled with money his whole life, and then the queen found out about it. It's like he's this famous philosopher, so... She basically bought his whole like set of works or whatever, okay, and gave him a bunch of money. It's like the equivalent of like a hundred thousand dollars for us. And so all of a sudden he had a bunch of money, and then uh, he first thing he does is go out and buy this fancy new red robe, and then nothing like he he loved the robe, 
but nothing else in his life like matched the robes like okay quality so he just started criticizing everything else that he had once and you've experienced something nice yeah. materialistically exactly yes, my robes are also my standard right my my one nice thing that, that uh, i got now i use that as the way to judge the rest of my life like, wow i don't know that's, that kind of makes sense. I and you guess. end up like just buying things that you your previous self wouldn't ever think to consider. It's like you just elevated yourself a bracket, kind of thing. Yeah. So you think so you start just you start criticizing the very things that you thought were okay. Yeah. Uh, I heard someone. I read someone say it's like when you buy a new car, it's like a brand new car, and you end up buying a bunch of new stuff to go with it. Like you you never would have bought if you didn't buy a new car. Right. Oh, yeah, because you got to have the matching hat and the driving gloves now. <laughs> yeah. Well, buying a new phone. Yeah, exactly. All the accessories and all the stuff you would never get for your old You're phone. You're like, oh, hey, I can I, I can I, swing this new phone, but then you end up paying $300 for other stuff. I go caseless. I don't care. I have no shame. Man, wow. that's brave. Yeah. Wow. Fair phone. Dude's, so, yeah. dude's name was Dennis. Dennis. That's what it was. Dennis. Yeah. Denis Diderot. Yeah, Denis Oh, but Dennis, Dennis. I'll go with Dennis. Dennis. Is way I was going with Dennis, even though it didn't spell. It was D E N I S. Yeah, Denis Diderot. Yeah. Anyways, Dennis. that's the. I found that <laughs> that story that the Diderot effect. That's that's that. I mean, that's something everyone deals with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. especially in today's culture. Um, so I kind of, I'm here to tell you. Okay, so there's like that movement of minimalism, right? Yeah. Basically, it's a movement. Kind of, of big. I mean, a lot of people. It's huge right now. Follow blogs. Not so much in the Midwest, but um, it's it's huge. There's still some here. I mean, no, there's some, but quite it's, a few people. It's that, not a. It's still kind of in the Midwest. You have this yeah, culture of bigger yeah. is better, and yeah, yeah, more land and more. The bigger your truck is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's just the idea that you don't need. You, you just don't need a whole lot of stuff. People that are into like tiny houses, simplify things. Tiny houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, tiny apartments, you know. Well, Reed, you were talking about. Oh, I love tiny people homes. living. No, you're talking about one time people living in crates. Oh, shipping containers. Yeah, yeah, that, it's yeah, amazing what cool. people do with shipping container homes. Those are cool. Shimoji yeah. Coffee in Vandalia made a whole cafe out of shipping containers. Yeah, actually, really, I, Starbucks even has a couple mm-hmm. that are made out of entire shipping containers. I went to a uh, food co-op in Denver. Colorado, and it was all shipping made out of shipping containers. Really? Now that's considered minimalistic, isn't it? I think it's reusable, reusable, recycled. Good on the environment. There's different gotcha. ways you can take minimalism. Yeah. If you get tired of using it for a house, I'll just use it for a shipping container. Yeah. yeah let's ship well, my I, house I got some else. tips because I, I agree with this whole idea of like if you simplify just a little bit, it can go a long way. So I kind of got a couple tips for you. Okay. Um, some things you maybe could get rid of. That you that so, you think you need. So what you're saying is the culture comment for the day is basically that that we are all pretty much victim of Diderot's uh, analysis, Diderot's effect, and the Diderot effect over materialism. And so we need to do something about it. And mm-hmm. you can start by simplifying yeah. things a little yeah, bit. Yeah, simplify some things. Okay. And these are all things that I think you before I brought up this, you would have just th- said or thought. You know, I absolutely need this. I've always had this. Right. Microwave. Don't need it. What? Don't need it. I'd agree. I, I need it. No, no. For what? For my blueberry muffins. And for heating heating up oven. My, heating up my coffee when it goes cold. Put it wait. 
Like, you know, you drink Starbucks, you put it in a thermos. Milk. But I mean, you can't microwave. I mean, I guess. But what when am I you make to, it, put it in a thermos. Well, then how do I reheat it? What about pop tarts? You don't reheat it. Pop tarts takes you like a minute and a half in a Other. toaster, but it's only like three no, no, no. seconds. Yeah, three seconds in the microwave. It gets all mushy. Hence the term microwave. Need that micro- no, I'm with you. Microwaves don't need them. It's bad for cooking. Probably bad for your health. Have you ever had a pizza roll in the microwave compared to a pizza roll in the oven? Oh, there's no comparison. Case closed. Yeah, I, I'm right with there. you. But does that mean I need to get rid of my microwave? Yep. No, it's all about getting rid of things you don't necessarily need. Okay. Sometimes you go a little bit of extra effort to all do right. it. Mm-hmm. Like the pizza roll takes five so minutes. So what you're saying in a way is amazing how much of us take a microwave for granted because yeah. we think we need it. Yeah. So is this you like a paleo it. thing? Like a, no, like a, not necessarily. Oh. Well, I mean, I see what you mean. Not like the diet, but I mean like. Yeah, like, go back to how God intended. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A little bit, but I don't think God gave us stoves. So it's just like taking, instead of two appliances that can kind of do the same thing, just have one. Oh, okay. Toasters, don't need it. You okay. really don't. You make toast in the oven. Yeah. You make true. toast on your skillet. Well, you got one of those gas, it tastes better. Got those gas burners. You can just throw a mm-hmm. cookie sheet on there and throw bread with butter exactly. on it. Why does the oven get the pass? Wouldn't it be easier to just have a toaster in a microwave? No, it's bigger. You but that's too big. That's, that's no, not it gets normal. hotter. Yeah, why is, the, why is the oven, the, you know, why why yeah, is that like something needed? You can do more in the oven than the microwave or the toaster. How about, how about if you just have a microwave? What if you just have an easy bake oven? Oof! Now that's you're minimal. On to something you're on to something. That's right. pretty low energy. You get those mini cakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take me six hours to. <laughs> it's like a twelve watt bulb or something yeah, yeah, in there. Twelve watt bulb. Couple other things. <laughs> I got a couple other things. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Digital camera. Some you people don't, don't need have them. them. Wow. Really? Get rid of them. Why do you need them? Don't need them anymore. Unless you're look, unless it's like a real highbrow and you're doing something that you really need that kind of photography. Yeah. But the average person has like a digital the average person camera. doesn't need. Like if but you what if, what if, if you go to like their computer room, they probably have like one or two digital cameras. Like just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah Super eight camera from the seventies costs like five hundred dollars. But right that's now. cool though. Like that's artistic. But I'm but talking I'm, like a Kodak Ashton Kutcher thing. Hey, it's not I mean? cool. Give us some time. Give us some time. You know, now that you mention <laughs> that, it really back around. really kinda ticks me off because I can't I, I my camera broke a long time ago, but I still have those little bitty tapes that we did a lot of video uh-huh. on. So I've got all these tapes. Uh-huh. But I don't. Cool. I can't get. I can't watch them because yeah. I don't. Know, so and they're too expensive to buy. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah to find a, a re- retro one. I have an entire box of undeveloped film. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm gonna have to send it to one of those places. That yeah, you can it. send it. Yeah, yeah, you can send it. Uh, so that was one. Um, let's see. So, I think you don't need like a bunch of knives. You know, if you have what? like knife sets. Yeah, that's true. You don't need it. Just oh, get one decent one. I think most people have too many dishes and too many silverware. Yeah, and know. mugs, coffee mugs. That's yeah. I'm guilty of that one. I need to cut back I, on mugs. Yeah, I have a hardcore collection of those. <laughs> I got quite a few as well. Do you have a lot of knives? Yeah. Not because... I think it's just because they came in... We just have a set of no, knives that came it's, in a it's block. It's easy to buy. It's easy to buy. Yeah, most people just do it... Because my parents had one, like I just well, there's different types of knives for different, different things types. you do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess you really don't need my it. My point is that you only really need one. If it's good, if it's a good knife, in fact, I will trade all of my knives for, for one a, good one. I know that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Quality over quantity is okay. 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 I think, about. I think most people can agree with that. Most I I feel like all of my knives are dull except for one. Yeah, and that's the one I yeah. use. Yeah. The same goes for pants. You don't need a bunch of pants. Two pairs. 
Oh, yeah, I guess you don't wear them at one time anyway. So yeah. you can you can wear them like three, four days in a row. That's fine. Yeah, actually, Levi's recommends putting your jeans in the freezer instead of oh, washing them regularly. Jeans. Is it feels really good? Because it feels good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually. I don't get the point of it, but I saw that on their website one time. It's supposed, like, to, is this a joke? supposed to preserve it or something. Yeah, it's supposed to help preserve the color. It like oh. you throw your jeans in the freezer, and it's supposed to help with the smell and bacteria or something. Interesting. Why do you need pants it? of all if you got some good boxers? Well, see now. See, that's very minimalism. That can get you in trouble. <laughs> no, but if you do it the other way, now you're on something. Because if you reverse that, if you think about it, underwear is just wearing two pairs of pants all the time. So maybe you don't need the underwear. <laughs> that's true. You could. You can make it. Yeah, so no, that's minimal. Yeah, you're not talking. You're talking in your. Like I said, that's just too minimal in certain situations. Yeah. So, mm. so what what you're saying is we should treat life like Ron naked and afraid. Yes. <laughs> What's naked and afraid? Some sort of movie or show, it's a show. It? It's a survival it's a show. show. Yeah, it's like oh, a cool. reality they show. They give you nothing and then... You gotta survive. They give you nothing? Yeah. You get to well, take they... nothing with you to wherever you're they going. Give, I, they don't give you nothing. They just take the stuff that you did have, I guess. <laughs> I like the idea of... <laughs> they give you nothing. Here you Welcome are. to empty this game box. show. Here's an empty box. See ya. And then we're, we're going to take the box. It's like Wheel of Fish yeah. on uh, UHF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We get absolutely nothing. <laughs> For those nothing of you who haven't seen UHF, go do yourself a favor. Please do. Check, get rid of all your DVDs. Go buy one copy of UHF. Mm-hmm. And you'll be happy the rest of your life. Yeah, minimalism. It's Weird Al Yankovic, 1989. So so that was and one. And then also, um, so so Brooke's really into Harry Potter, right? Yeah. I bet she's, she's got a ton of Harry Potter stuff. This is all about skinning down, right? Minimalizing. You don't need to read all seven. You don't need to own all seven. Just own one at a time. Read the first one, then watch the movies. I don't even think reading... <laughs> Trade is, it with a friend. In my opinion, <laughs> reading isn't even minimal because the movies are out. So why even, you know... Why do you need a book? Reading takes a lot of time and stuff, so... But if you're just going to read, in. just, like, read the first one. Second one's not very good. Third one's no. No, just read the first one. That's the main Well, one. first of all, go online and see what you can find, because you might be able to read it online anyway. Yeah, there you go. PDF. Yeah. There's always a PDF. It's like a free PDF, like, fan fiction version. <laughs> yeah, you can minimalize your whole library into just your phone. Yeah, you know, there you what go. Else you, I, so, yeah. I need to get rid of my books. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, um, the key to living a minimalist lifestyle is to buy as many plants as possible, put them in your house to make it feel like you're living in a forest. (laughs) Succulents and ferns, right? Succulents and ferns. Now, what does this have to do with minimalism? It just seems to be that's what minimalists do. If you you type in minimalism on Google Images, you'll find very empty, white, tiny homes with a lot of plants in them. (laughs) Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. It's like, why do you have that many plants? So Who it's like, that? it's okay to have lots of things as long as they're living things. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why they What about animals? The do minimalists have animals? I think... Pets? Ooh, it's maybe one question. at a time. Depends on what kind of minimalist. Yeah. See, that's always interesting. They've got plants, though. I guarantee you. That's what's interesting to me, is that so many people are willing to take on... I mean, I guess plants don't really have, like, needs. But, like, at it's, what point is it just too many plants you know? like like just let outside be outside you know you don't need to bring outside inside <laughs> yeah, yeah just go outside go, camping. Just go outside yeah. at a certain point go camping <laughs> yeah and move in next to a zoo and yeah. you can see all the animals you want yeah you, <laughs> you, don't even have, you don't even have to pay for it yeah absolutely well, feeding him and stuff like, you know? I, I even I've, I even know a couple people that work really hard to try to set up like their own 
environment within their plant rooms. Like try really? to keep them healthy. Yeah. So like like just people who are really nerdy about ferns and aquatic plants. But uh, I mean that can be interesting. Yeah. But but that's I mean, no longer minimal. That's what I mean. At that point, yeah. why not just go outside yep. where the like bugs already are? You don't gotta buy any. You know, they're just there. Go they're talk to outside. the wild ferns. Yeah, the wild ferns. The are wild there. ferns. The key is to be skinny down, not add so many. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you if you are living with something that you're like, maybe I don't need this, and it's like a common product or thing, let us know what it is. Give us your ideas. Help each other become. Yeah, minimalist. DM us at New Hope Underground or on Instagram, or we're on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So do it. Yeah, it, it's it's funny how we always ask people to send us something, but we don't really get anything. But maybe somebody will someday. We keep trying. We keep we're going to keep trying, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. This is this is some good advice for you. So take it, and that is my culture comment. We are sorry to inform you that, due to technical difficulties, we will not be able to bring you the infamous Dr. Reed segment in today's podcast. However, we will be airing it in next week's episode. You do not want to miss it. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Hope Underground. We've been laying down some sweet tracks. Some smooth, smooth tracks. Some smooth tracks. Buckle and, uh, up your ears. <laughs> we got to take them for a ride. <laughs> but uh, so glad that you joined us today. I hope you had a good time. Now, at the end of New Hope Underground, for the last few weeks anyway, we kind of have been starting a new tradition. It's called Jesus Talk. We have a little bit of a serious talk about Jesus and faith and, uh, and also maybe whatever's going on in my head and scriptures I've been reading and so forth and just giving a chance to talk about that for a little bit. And it's really me kind of thinking out loud in a way. Uh, so which oh, can be dangerous. Yeah. It's can be very dangerous. It can be dangerous. And very vulnerable. But you get a look inside of Darren's head, which is very dangerous in and of itself. That's exactly it's right. It's a unique opportunity. We're going to look at today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter twenty-five, and then we're going to come back uh, just to spend a short time there, and then we'll come back with some things at the end. But as we look at Matthew twenty-five, it's known just by saying the words Matthew twenty-five. It's known everybody's a lot of people's minds go to one spot and one particular passage which is actually uh, verses 31 and following, talking about the final judgment when Jesus talks about the separation at the end of time between sheep and goats, sheep on my right hand, goats on my left. And and he says, um, uh, basically, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you, because I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger. And you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And it says the righteous will ask him, Lord, when do we do these things? He said, well, as you have done them unto others, you've done them unto me. Then he'll turn to other people and say, you didn't do you know, didn't do these things. Well, when did we see you? We could have done those things. He said, well, as you have not done them unto others, you did not do them to me. So uh, it's a very stark passage uh, in it reminds us of what I was talking about a couple of weeks, or this last week, actually, on Jesus Talk. We're talking about well, how does Jesus view the poor and also looking at the poor. But but what I find interesting is how we, we kind of take verses 31 and following to the end of that chapter, and we kind of separate it from the rest of the, the chapter. Uh, but if you look at the whole of Matthew 25, you're going to find three different stories. 
Uh, the first story is the parable of the ten virgins. The second one is the parable of the talents. And then we find this story about the sheep and the goats. Are you telling me that we take the Bible out of context sometimes? Well, not going that far. <laughs> I'm just saying it's interesting that we... Uh, there's, there's a, that's a very famous passage, and we mm-hmm. kind of look at that, but we don't necessarily know what context it is in. Right. And so I, I think it always helps to kind of read everything around it. Like, what in the world, why, why did the writer put these together? Or why did Jesus go through these three stories, boom, boom, boom? If he did that right in succession, then why did he in succession? So the parable of the ten virgins basically boils down to the, the, the basic teaching of it is be ready, because at any time. Jesus could come back at any time. Uh, you, you, you'd be ready to face God, so be ready. The second thing is uh, the parable of the talents, which a lot of people know this parable, mm-hmm. and they've, they've likened it to all sorts of things. But basically it's three guys who were given money to handle for the master. The master would leave and then come back. The first guy doubled his money, and he was given a lot of money to be taken care of, and he doubled his money by the time his master got back with innovation, business, the second one was given a little bit of money, and he also uh, doubled his money. But the third person, uh, he was scared and buried his money, didn't do anything, and was very lazy. And so Master comes back and kind of, you know, again, it's kind of like this last day kind of theme because he says, you two guys are going to be good. The third person, you're, you're out into darkness. Uh, so then you, then you find the story of the sheep and the goats. So how are these three connected? Are they connected in any sort of form or fashion? You have to admit, first of all, there's a connection in the sense of oh, it seems like all three of them are talking about the last times or at least God's judgment of what he's looking for when it comes to our own hearts and who we are. I think the second thing that kind of connects these three is, uh, has to do with um, that there's definitely a separation. You know, you get the, the two types of versions the ones that were ready and the ones that were unready. You got the three men in the parable of the talents, two who were doing what they were asked to do and the third one who doesn't. And then you've got the uh, sheep and the goats, you know, left side and right side. So when you look at these common threads, uh, then you have to kind of read the, about the sheep and the goats in light of the other two stories a little bit. And I can't help but think that it's, it's almost as if, in my opinion, it's almost as if Jesus is really talking to our hearts, that our hearts can really be, uh, can go one way or the other, if you will, can be really divided uh, if we're not careful. And are we about, and do we even care, are we even are we about God's business, as it were, and I use business in quotes, uh, or do we care about his will? Do we care about uh, the things of God on the face of this earth, why we're here? And if we do, uh, then wouldn't we be people who are who are be, are going to be caught in the act of doing, the, when Jesus comes back, be caught in the act of doing the things that God has asked us to do? And the reason that is, is not just because he's looking for people to go through the motions to do the right things. The reason is because if he caught us in the act when, whenever we never expected it. I mean, the scripture talks about him coming back like a thief in the night. So when he comes back, it's not that you don't hear the thief. It's just that you never know when he's coming. And that's what that scripture means. So 
when you look at these, this Matthew 25, you can't help but think that if we don't know when he's coming, if he is he going to catch us in doing the things for him on this earth? And when I say catch us, it's kind of like, have you ever like given your kids a list of things to do? You know, and then you actually catch them doing the chore later on when you come back home from work, doing the list of things you told them to do. And that kind of proves that they were listening. It proves that they care. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, your heart's right just because you're doing the action. But you have to admit that a heart that at least cares is going to at least listen and do. You know, so so when Jesus comes back, if he catches us in these in actually taking care of the poor, then then he what he's saying is that we must have the heart of Jesus. You know, just like when Jesus says, at least you've done it unto to these people, you've done it unto me. This is how much he cares about it. That you're at, you're, those kinds of actions are being acted as if it was him in the room. As if you're the one that's, uh, he's the one that you're serving. So when you look at all three of these stories, you can't help but think that, well, that seems like, oh, wow, that seems like God is just so demanding that he just wants us to be in this top moral shape all the time. I'm not so sure it's saying that. I think what it's saying is that do we have hearts that actually are right? Do we care about spiritual things? Do we care about what 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 he's uh, what he's about? And do we care enough to be caught in the act? Is it frequent in our lives? And I think we're going to talk a little bit next podcast too about again about the poor a little bit because I I, I just could you know keep uh, as I grow older becoming even more. Uh, convicted uh, that we need to, you know, we need to care uh, more and more and more about those who are less fortunate around us. And I know, like I said last time, I think people who don't are not believers are the best judges when it comes to knowing what the Christians ought to be doing about the poor. Just listen to this world. And uh, instead of getting offended, why don't we try acting in love? Anyway. That's, that's good. It. That's it. That's my preaching off the co- off the cuff preaching, if you will. Man, but I want I want to imagine the on the cuff version. <laughs> yeah. Is that a phrase? I don't know if that's a fr- phrase or not. It we is, just made it one. It though. is now on the cuff. On the cuff, something intentional. New Hope Underground on the cuff. We're always on the cuff. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for joining us. We would give you some announcements of what's coming up at New Hope, but we we don't have too much. We do have our services, of course, that keep going. And uh, stay tuned for season three. Uh, and we've got some new stickers. Stickers are cool. A new logo that we're going to be putting out there for season three. So as soon as, as soon as we release that logo on our podcast, we'll have some stickers. Some to merch. Out. Yeah. Uh, hey, just say something to us. If you want one, I'll send it to you. So that's uh, at New Hope Underground uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Hey, we are out of here. Thanks. Signing off. We'll be back.